the USFL Gambling Podcast Week Three Reaction Show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Networks, brought to you by Shady Rays. Yes, SGPN's teaming up with Shady Rays for our Shady May. Yes, get fifty percent off. Uh, your shady rays using the promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500 in cash. And uh, remember folks, as always to let it ride. Football is a unique American experience, a game described by one turn of the century critic as crude and barbaric with little chance of survival. Survive it dead. SFL gambling podcast. This is our week three reaction show. And I mean, come on, let's just cue it in. There are those who say that the fun has gone out of football, that it's become too predictable. For them, let me present 30 seconds of football, USFL style. The USFL, where football is still a game. It is still a game, and week three is done. It's in the books. Some surprising outcomes. And uh, look, you might just be sitting there wondering who the hell is talking to me right now, screaming at me. Look, my name is Colby Swinging Database Dad, aka Pick Dundee. That's not a pick. This is a pick. He was raised in the land down under, where a man thinks on his feet, speaks with his fists, and lives by his wits. When Dundee happened, he was a superstar. I'm dying in this fucking country ass fucked up town. Shit flying in my mouth. The fuck? I can't see pilot. Let's get the fuck out of this country, mother. And you're nothing but a chameleon, lemon headed, coward, terrorist pussy. I'm not to you, buddy. You're gonna pay for it. Good night. Woo! Yes, I am unloading the whole interwebs. I heard there's rumors on the internet, said uh, George W. Coming to you live. I am in New York City right now. A little Times Square action. It's not to like, all right? People getting shit hammered right outside. It's like Hollywood Boulevard, Patty C. Oh, I'm, I'm revealing. Uh, I am joined by my co-host. Give it up for former, former JMU Duke defensive back, the burrito eating. Sideline kiss stealing, wheeling and dealing. Patty C in the place to be. There we go. Internet kind of shaky here. Kind of shaky there. I don't know. Something's happening. 
They got a little, you know, got a little long, rain long action. Yeah, I don't yep. do that long distance shit. You know, the long distance pod. Uh, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. That was an entertaining week of uh, USFL football. And yes, uh, a couple of upsets. You know, you might even say three, but certainly two. You know, oh, and I mean, uh, all of a sudden, this is a league that isn't so top heavy. It's a league of parody. Certainly, looking like that. Let's let's just get right into it because there were some very surprising outcomes. Starting off with break a break a one two. Come on in real, now, real quick before we yeah. do the recap. Do we want to talk about some of the uh, news regarding? Uh, Trademarks. Well, we know they trademarked the uh, last year the the Washington Federals, the uh, Chicago Blitz, and the Oakland Invaders. But seeing today in the news that uh, you know some great things could be coming soon, uh, let me just pull this up because I know I had uh, had sent this to you guys. They have uh, the USFL trademarked the following teams. The Austin Wranglers. Remember, they were the Arizona Wranglers in in back in like 1984. Uh, the Baltimore Stars. People don't realize that the Philadelphia Stars moved to Baltimore. Maybe that's <laughs> a better market. I don't know. They just do this every time. Uh, the Boston Breakers. Remember, the New Orleans Breakers were in Boston and also were in Portland. But New Orleans were where I think they got the most games. Maybe I could be talking out of my ass. Um, the Dallas Stallions, in case they ever want to move to Dallas, maybe. I don't know why Birmingham seems to me like a, a win. Denver Gold, we know they, you know, June Jones used to coach for Denver Gold. They had Vince Evans, a quarterback back in the day. Los Angeles Express, that, that's a classic brand right there. Steve Young, Kevin Mack, Mel Gray, all played with the Express. The Oklahoma Bye. Outlaws, folks, Doug Williams. Uh, you know, be played in the USFL before he won a Super Bowl with the Washington Redskins. Uh, that one makes sense. The Portland Breakers, which, like I said, the history is there. And the San Antonio Gunslingers, and you know what that means right there, because I've been asking this, for this one for so, so long, buddy. I mean, it, it just feels like a, a match made in heaven, finally, knowing that, that the potential is out there for them to bring home one of the greatest names really in all the sports. As I fail to, uh, to find where this theme song is right now. Um, here well, we, while you get that dialed up. Yeah. Uh, I will say that, you know, them getting the trademarks for both the Boston breakers and the Portland breakers doesn't indicate that any move is imminent necessarily. Maybe they're just covering their bases in terms of getting all their trademarks in, in order. You know. Well, I think it also tells you if they're buying all these that this is not a uh, one and done or two, you know two and done. Yeah. They're invested fully in it. And by the way, San Antonio Gunslingers, let's just let's just give them some respect. There you go. On the street, then tip your hat his way. You'll know just where he's headed and which game he's gonna play. He's a sharp shooting gunman and always aiming high. To win any gunfight, his limit is the sky. We're the gunslingers from San Antonio. We're the gunslingers. They don't make them like this anymore. 
That is why, I mean, we, me and you were talking the other day and I was saying like USFL is doing a great job. Like my preferred spring league. However, I want them to dive into the fun more. Like to me, they're like, I'm very happy with what's going on, but they're kind of copying the NFL a little too much for me. Well, the Maulers have the exact same uniforms as the Steelers. They're, yeah. they're, they're the most imitation Steelers team ever. It doesn't mean they don't look fantastic. In fact, I think their uniforms are actually better than the Steelers. I but hate I to want, say that. I want them to dive into that. Like to me, like if they were to call one eight hundred pick Dundee and hire old pick Dundee here. Um, first thing I would do is stuff like helmet cars, stuff like uh, have the cannons in the end zone that shoot off. Um, I would also, you know, have songs like this and like those old eighties rap videos that the Chicago yeah. Bears and the Redskins did. Get the um, band in the stands. Yeah, get the no, honestly, honestly, uh, like drink specials. You know, like I want it. I wish they would just pull. Let's have some fun. All right, yeah. let's have like everything's going great. I want to see the Oakland Invaders, the San Antonio Gunslingers, the Washington Federals, the Memphis Showboats came back and they kind of failed. They failed the test to me as far. Well, as you know, the great wise. thing about that yeah. is, uh, it's still like pretty uh, fluid in terms of like. What they're willing to make moves change. I mean, they just changed the colors of uh, the Maulers, you know. So yeah. they say, "Hey, you know, the 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 showboats look idiotic. Let's change them back to their classic look," you know. But I want them going all in. I I I dig the fact that I mean, to me, this was great news getting the gunslingers because you know me, I've I've lobbied. Tampa Bay Bandits are a classic team. The Memphis Showboats are a classic team. We need those teams in there. But to me, the Washington Federals, yeah. like, you have to have in there. Well, and that's the thing with the XFL right now. If the uh, defenders win that championship and the XFL survives, you know, there's going to be competition for that DC uh, market. That's why they got to go in, in my opinion, like next year. Yeah. You got to go in next year. Like I know it might be bleak the first couple of years because DC's got, you know, the defenders have two year, a two year head start on you now, essentially, but just go in, go in and go in right now because well, another thing is you also have Snyder leaving. You got to get in now, in my opinion, mm-hmm. like you got to mm-hmm. get, even if you, even if ticket sales are shit for the first two or three years, get yeah. in now. Don't let them get a huge yeah. uh, hold on that region. Exactly. Even though they're cool. Let's be honest. DC defenders yeah. are cool, but the, yeah, feds, but the feds, I think would be cooler. On. Feds yeah. uniforms are fly. So the yeah. feds to me, the ones that are super important are the old Memphis show, but it's not this trash uniforms that we have now. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of the other franchises like the Houston gamblers are classic. Uh, some of the ones that are already there, but I want the Tampa Bay bandits back in this thing. I want the Washington federals. I want the San Antonio gunslingers, the Denver gold, uh, the, the Oakland invaders are like one of the coolest names to me. One yeah. of the coolest uniforms and, and franchises yeah. and knowing that how Oakland just got oh, they yeah. lost the warriors. They lost the, the Raiders. They lost the A's now give them something to root for. And then, uh, and then I would probably, uh, I don't mind the LA express. You know, I, we've talked about this on this very, you know, well, not, not on this very show, but on <laughs> between me and you that I also think they should not stop there. I think they should buy some of the original, uh, uh, uh I world, mean, the LA express teams. is a terrible mascot and let's be honest, let's be honest with it. But there is history. Steve yeah. Young played for your team. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, you like get you a little got, bit you, of a pass. Yeah. You get a little bit of a pass there, but to me, that's what I'm saying. Buy some of the original world league names. Talk about the California sun. You can have them play yeah. in San Diego, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, so, some of those old school teams, Chicago fire, I think it was, um, yeah. 
I, Free I, plug here. Follow uh, Dead Football League on. Uh, yes. On yes. Shit, you could probably buy the Iowa Barnstormers. Bring them into the thick. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the some of the World League teams from '91, the second rendition of the World League, Sacramento Surge or whatever, or you know, I bet you could probably get the trademark for the CFL, Sacramento Raleigh, uh, Raleigh Durham Skyhawks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go get those because they got history. That shit would be cool. This would be yeah, cool. Exactly. Um, but but uh, yeah, I do find that news exciting. And look, before we get to the games, folks, I want to tell you that the USFL Gambling Podcast is brought to you by. Shady Rays and Shady May. Yes, Shady Rays is teaming up with SGPN for Shady May. Not only do you get an amazing 50% off, but you also get a chance to win $500 cold hard cash. Yes, Shady Rays has you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much, much more. Shady Rays has uh, durable frames and extremely clear optics for all those outdoor adventures you like to go on. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most, the absolute most insane eye protection in all of eyewear. Yeah, every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost or broken replacements or lost and broken replacements, however you want to say that. Because look, let's see. Let's say you're, uh, you know, at the Liberty Bowl, had a few uh, Jaeger bombs in the parking lot. You went in there and uh, I don't know. You forgot your sunglasses. You got in a fight. They, you broke your sunglasses. Doesn't matter. They got your back. They're going to send you a brand new pair. Not even going to ask any questions. So you can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they got your back long after, your, after uh, you know, the purchase. So, and look, if you don't love them, you can also exchange for a new pair or you can return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the promo code SGPN for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Then if you do that, take your receipt over to sports gambling podcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500 in the shady may contest. All right. We are back on the U S F L gambling podcast. And looking at that first game, Birmingham was a six point favorite on Saturday. Woo! the breakers, the break a break a one, two, New Orleans breakers put up 45. Now here's the thing. First off, big fan of McLeod Bethel Thompson. You know, he goes for it every time. I don't care if it's like the second quarter and it's a third and five. He's a little bit of a lawn chair, but he goes for it. He goes, he's ducking the ball. That's what I'm saying, dude. But he, but I'm talking like he goes for it as far as like he'll run on like a third and five. And completely sacrifice his body. Doesn't matter the quarter. Yeah. I, I mean, that's kind of the that. anti lawn chair. Yes, that's true. He's like the anti, but that's what I mean. Well, he doesn't he's have like slow ass, but yeah, that, that's what I mean. It's like he's kind of, he doesn't have super great athleticism, but damn it, he, when I watch the game, I end up being a fan of him, even though I had money on Birmingham. I lost money on this game. And yeah. I feel like everybody was on Birmingham. And, this is one where the injuries caught up. I feel like, you know, new Orleans was the better team throughout the whole game. I mean, new Orleans is offense. Wow. Yeah. They got up uh, early by two touchdowns and kind of just kept it, kept, Dude, kept that, kept that buffer. 483 yards of offense. They had 22 more plays on offense, getting 7.3 yards, a play. Yowzers. That's getting your <laughs> ass kicked. Now, I that wondered, is. you know, I wondered, and remember Birmingham took the opening kickback. So yeah. 
they got destroyed after the f- they went they basically went forty five to twenty four after the first play of the game. Um, yeah, when you put it like that, that is kind of an ass kicking. Well, here's my thing: Birmingham's got just so many injuries. You, I wondered if that would catch up to him. I didn't think it would be this game. I thought it would be when they played, you know, a couple other teams perhaps later in the year. But maybe this is a, maybe it's a good loss for Birmingham to get their shit together and you know. Bo Scarborough, Scooby Wright, maybe they're playing. I know, obviously, Victor Bolden left for the XFL late, and then uh, Marlon Williams is out for the year. They they have a slew of injuries. I mean, I looked at the injury report from this past week, and it was like 15 guys. Well, so, I'll say this. Yeah. Um, not having Scarborough, just having uh, uh, CJ Marable and yeah. Zacondre Wright back there, yeah. they're kind of a one-dimensional offense a little bit. I mean, they, they're still a... A relatively like they're a well-coached team offensively and they're they're explosive uh even without Scarborough but he does add that extra you know element where if he can just pound in the tackles then he completely opens up the edges too yeah well and and to me another thing is Jamar Smith's mobility now Mago's got some wheels but Smith was able to to get a lot of yards I feel like I know he's not a like flat on running quarterback, but he could yeah. do a little option read and get like 10, 12 yards at, at, at pivotal points. I feel like they're going to have to learn to do. I mean, he's out for the year. He's not coming yeah, back. So I mean, um, Mago does get out of the pocket. He's got a little like wiggle, you know, scrambling yeah. ability, yeah. but uh, yeah, and maybe he picks up a little bit. You're right. You're not going to see him go on many 25 yard runs down the field. So, I mean, that was impressive. And, and McLeod Bethel Thompson, I love his whole story. First off kid out of San Francisco played for Sac state, uh, the FCS. And, nice. uh, you know, he's like 34 years old or something, you know, he's bouncing around all these leagues. Won't give up on the dream. Love you know, it. I love this guy, man. I I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a big fan. So uh, 20 and 28, 71.4 completion percentage, three touchdowns, one interception. Those are good stats, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't a fluke. They, they whooped their ass. They whooped their ass. Now this could yeah. be a good wake up call for Birmingham because I feel like they had been in cruise control after winning by 40 and then just kind of uh, getting the best of New Jersey in the, in the first game. So may, maybe the, and, and what do they have on deck? I feel like they have, uh, they have Pittsburgh and we'll talk about them in a second, but uh, should be interesting to see, you know, uh, how they respond to, to really kind of getting their ass whooped. At home in Birmingham by break the the New Orleans Breakers, who are the only undefeated team left in the United States football. You league gotta fantasy. love it. Gotta love uh, the parity there. Uh, Wes Hills, hundred ninety one yards on thirty four carries, three touchdowns. Uh, that's something I don't think New Orleans really had last year, right? Well, they, they had Anthony have- Jones. They had Anthony Jones. They didn't like to commit. I feel like actually they might have had the league's leading rusher. I feel like that might have been. But uh, because remember Scar- Scarborough got picked up like week five, Victor split carries with Trey Williams. I want to say Thompson he, had a lot of yards. Yeah, but I think he even got dinged up. I I want to say New Orleans, uh, Anthony Jones or uh, who was their other back that they had last year? I think one of them led the league. Oh, uh, maybe did I stand correct? No, but th- but they didn't really commit. They like they were not. I mean, I I guess it it this. My point I don't is remember them. They were a pass team happy team. I believe yeah, on. I'm exactly. looking I'm looking at right now 2002 or 2022 USFL rushing stats. Um 
I believe though, because I I was doing Jordan Ellis. That's who it was. Jordan Ellis, mm. I think, might have been. It was a good. It was a good back. Let's see. I'm pulling it up. So right yeah, now. I guess they did have some some some. He led the league some in running rushing. last year. He led the league in rushing with 596 yards. I mean, that ain't killing it, but um, yeah. that's that's shocking to me. That's shocking. I mean, to me. shoot, yeah. Wes uh, Wes Hills did half that <laughs> almost this game. So they're definitely they're definitely a different team. You know, a little tougher than they were last year. Oh, for sure. Well, Sloter killed them with with inter- interceptions at the worst time. McLeod Bethel Thompson is the opposite. Now, Sloter, I still think is a, a, you know, a quarterback that should probably be starting in, in this league. Uh, I know he's backing yeah. up at Birmingham, but if you're Pittsburgh or Houston or, you know, some of these other teams, you, you, you should have gotten Kyle Sloter. But anyway, that was a shocking game. Then game two, which was actually probably score wise, the best game of the whole weekend. And this was a hilarious game because you, you essentially had the Memphis showboats playing at Houston, but it was in Memphis, Tennessee. So home, home away game and Houston looked like they had the game in control. Memphis then went on a big run, a crazy touchdown to get, take the lead with like, I don't know, minute left in the game. Um, kind of reminded me of an old Monday night football. Uh, remember that jets dolphins, 35, seven comeback on Monday night football back in like 2000. Oh, man. Lavernius uh, had a touchdown just like this, where it looked like an interception and it ends up being a touchdown. Um, this happened in this game. And then, the, so you're thinking showboats got this. No Carnell Lake and, and the showboats defense, not only did they give up like a ton of yardage, the final drive, they, they had a yeah. complete breakdown on the final play of the game. I mean, not the final play yeah. of the game, but the final key play of the game. Yeah, well, the final touchdown again, yeah, yeah. 13 seconds left Yeah, and where, where, you know, uh, the, just a wide open throw. I mean, shit, I could, yeah, the, uh, they're playing some kind of, I think maybe like a cover two or something in the, the, the corner, um, dropped with the, uh, with the wide receiver and the, uh, a linebacker in the flats didn't, you know, How do I you guess fuck that up out of a timeout, especially when the ball's on like the 10 yard line, how do yeah. you, you know, out of a timeout. Out of a timeout, too. It's like you you had time to say, guys, we really need to to be in our places here. All right, this is what we're doing. And it's like I I would understand if they're doing no huddle, you know. And you're like, okay, and you're just kind of scattered. You're going, oh, let me figure this out. No, this was out of a fucking timeout. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, well, I know uh, you are a um. God, now I'm drawing Todd Haley, the worst coach in the Todd league. Todd Haley. To his credit, I mean, you you call him out for having a breakdown defensively, but he's an offensive coach, and they moved the ball down the field and took advantage I of mean, that touchdown was even. I mean, that t- touchdown was kind of an interception, but then a touchdown. <laughs> You're a hater. You're Dude, a Haley hater. He sucks. He sucks. <laughs> Their roster is better than Houston's and Pittsburgh's, and they can't get. They can't like they look like the worst team in the league. Their roster has more talent, in my opinion. Cole Kelly, Cole Kelly's your your. Now studded. he's a lawn chair. Now he is a lawn chair. Um, either way, interesting, uh, interesting outcome here. Kenji Bahar, uh, better. You know, not not just one interception, a pretty bad one, pretty pretty almost costly one. Um, but they end up getting and Mark Thompson. Do you see that uh, run? Oh, he's a fucking beast, dude. He changes everything. I would have played him in DFS. If I knew he was playing, 
dude, what he pitched like three guys on that play. He looked like, like Earl Campbell. Yeah. He looked like Earl Campbell on that run. If you haven't yeah. seen that run, go you look like Tecmo Super Bowl where yeah. you <laughs> where you got the popcorn mode. <laughs> the the defensive back that comes up after he like fucks up the the first guy and then Mark Thompson just throws him on his on his ass essentially. Oh man. Yeah. Dude, let's be honest, when that guy's healthy, you can make Could a be case. A game changer. You can make a case. Like I know like last year Darius Victor and Scarborough got all the attention. Yeah. When healthy, Mark Thompson, I think, deserves to be in that conversation. I don't understand how he's not in the fucking NFL. This guy's good. Yeah. He he's is. like he's legit really too. good. It, he popped you know how we saw like Avante Turpin last year and he just popped on screen? Mark yeah. Thompson, I felt, was the same way. I mean, in, in a power mode, not in like a speed type of way. But like Yeah. I remember the first legit. gamblers game last year and I was like, who the fuck is that? I'm like, that yeah. guy is better than everybody on the field. Give him the ball. And he, right. as you see, he's finally healthy. And what what did he run for? I'm, I'm trying to I'm oh. blank here. It um, was uh, I got it right here. Uh, 20, yeah, yeah. twenty one for eighty one, two scores. So I guess average wise, just three point nine yards a carry. Um, but also uh, had thirty two yards receiving, third leading receiver on the team. So all together, you know, over a hundred yards. And the gamblers are off the schneid. They got it. They got it done. What? How about uh how about uh the showboats commitment to the run? Fifteen total runs. Their leading rusher is their quarterback with seventeen rushing. And he's yards. the lawn chair. This is what I yeah. mean. Meanwhile, classic thirty-eight Haley. passing attempts. This this team yeah. sucks, dude. This team I can't. Yeah, it's easy team. to hate Todd Haley. I, I guess. cannot root for this team. Uh, <laughs> it's just the same story with the Bandits last year. It's hard to root for. I want to root for them, and I can't. I just can't. Um. So the get Curtis Johnson gets his first uh, his first win of his USFL career. Shout out to him, and uh, the Gamblers get it done. And we'll see. You know, we're gonna talk power rankings in a minute here, but there's life now. If you are these teams that were winless that got wins, not the Showboats, but Pittsburgh, Memphis, there's a little bit of life. There's a little bit of life there. We're gonna talk more about it in a second. Uh, but I want to tell you that the USFL Gambling Podcast is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Yes, Best Ball Mania is here with uh, Underdog Fantasy, and we're giving away fifteen million dollars in prizes. Yes, plus plenty of ways to uh, to win with the NBA, NHL, and MLB because they have their awesome uh, player prop parlays, which are always fun. Head over to UnderdogFantasy.com. Use that promo code SGPN for a hundred percent deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars. That's UnderdogFantasy.com promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by, oh, the Kentucky Derby. Yes, it is Kentucky Derby week, folks. And the Notorious OTB podcast brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, for all your triple crown bets, you got to check them out. If you leave a review for the show, wherever you get your podcast, between now and Belmont's, Belmont Stakes, essentially, which is Saturday, June 10th, you'll be entered in a drawing to win a canvas print of... The Wolf, aka the Wolf of Oaklawn, our friend Chase Sessions, who hosts that thing, uh, one of a kind Fallen Bob painting. Yes, Fallen Bob painting. You got to check it out. It's post time, folks. So get on over there. Check out the Notorious OTB podcast. One of my favorites. I've been a guest on this show several times, talking ponies. So hop on over there. Get yourself a mint julep and kick back and watch the Derby. And remember, as always, folks, to let it ride. 
All right. Is there nice. a more is there a more delicious drink than the mint julep? Mm. You know, I, I uh me and my wife have talked about this before. Like, she doesn't really like mint, and it drives me crazy because I like to me, this is like uh, uh like peppermint patty or the Andes mints. Yeah, I think are some of the best versions of candy. They are delicious. But uh, you know, NC Nick hates them. It, it's one of those well, things know. where it, it's one of those things where like half the world loves them, half the world hates them. But there's no, there's hardly any people that are like in the middle. Yeah, it's true. Although I feel like peppermint is particularly like spicy and like crisp, where a mint, just a smooth mint, like the green mint, mm, mm. it's it's delicious. Like, like a, like right, a mojito, I'm, mojito mint, Woo. mojito, exactly. Yeah. Boom, yeah. you give me the mint julep. You give me the bacon wrap scallops at a wedding, and it's heaven. You you want to have a good wedding, mint julep and bacon wrap scallop, and you're done. There you go. There you go. And a little two life crew on the uh, on the turntables. That's right. That's right. Let's go, Uh, (laughs) folks. uh, Let's get to Sunday's action because shocker, my lock did not hit. I thought this was a lock. Well, yardage wise, they uh, they definitely uh, outgained the Maulers, but still the Maulers. Ruben Foster, F, uh, I said, I almost said FBS, uh, USFL defensive player of the week. Uh, yeah, the Philadelphia stars have some problems on the offensive line, buddy. And I almost feel like, like, I kind of feel like if they played again, I, I shouldn't say this because I think the Philadelphia stars are a much better team than the Pittsburgh Maulers. But I think Pittsburgh has the perfect remedy to fuck with them whenever they play. I think even last year, one of the, the, the games I saw, there's something about the style of play that the Maulers do. Now you look at the box score, you see the stars outgain uh, the Maulers by like 33 yards, right? Yeah. They got 4.1 yards of play to 3.7. Here's the difference though. Here's the difference. The turnovers case cookies uh, couldn't get it done. First off, the Maulers won this game by throwing for 67 yards. <laughs> Can we talk 10 about completions? <laughs> Uh, and then you have the stars case cook has two interceptions. Also, there was a big fumble in this game. Um, Matt Colbert, 16 yards on the ground. They could not run the ball on this team. And then also when it came to pass protecting, they had their issues. I feel like the whole game, they had their issues. And it's the same thing. We talked about this on the XFL gambling podcast, um, which I host as well. Um, with Greg Williams being the Washington defenders defensive coordinator. It's funny. Like one of the things that I was on hoops Peterson's show last week and they were talking uh, me and two other guests about, uh, you know, well, you know, DC gives up the most yardage on defense and they go, but that is misleading. Greg Williams's defense is creating turnovers. They're getting after the, like, I actually think it's one of the most like stress, stressful defenses for a quarterback. Cause you never know where your blitzes are coming from. And so the, yeah. to me, there's many ways that you're, I feel like I'm Jerry Burns here. There's many ways you can win a game. All right. <laughs> uh, but, but it, this is a perfect scenario too. Is like, yeah, the, the stars outgain the Maulers and the stars. If you watch that game, their offense looked much better than the Maulers the whole game, but the Maulers yeah. put Gain so all much, the yards you want. But if you throw critical interceptions, then you and know. they just had them off beat, it's like out of rhythm. They didn't know where the blitzes were coming from. The, they were getting beats on, beat on their one on ones, like with their tackles. Yeah. 
Um, uh, that Oliver uh, Sagapolo dude for Pittsburgh yeah. looks like bro. He looks dude, like NFL. Dude, the, the, say what you want. I know they're playing in Canton, but they they kind of remind me of like the Steelers in like '89. The they were kind of ass. Yeah. Or eighty-eight. What year was it? Like late eighties, where they? I would they, say like ninety-one, right before like they figured out a little bit of offense when they still had like Lewis Lips and Merrill Hodge as their running backs, yeah, but they're just yeah. getting after it on defense. It's like they got ballers on defense, but them Bobby Brister is still your quarterback. Right. That, that that that's the Pittsburgh Maulers right now, but they get the win on the money line. Huge. Well, dog. that's what I was gonna say, dude. You talk about diving into the fun for anyone who like loved 80s football or like here's us talk about how great 80s football and early 90s football was the USFL kind of has that with these teams you know yeah. not every team is exactly the same I mean, the, these two teams are so polar opposite in the NFL I don't know how often you're going to get a team with one attempt versus another team with 36 attempts <laughs> passing yeah. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately we we and, and I we, yeah we've talked about that a lot uh, if you know me from the college football show or you know, the sports gambling podcast show, like where I, I talk about what I loved about the eighties NFL or early nineties was the variance. You'd see the run and shoot teams with June Jones with a K gun with the Buffalo bills. And then you go up against, you know, uh, you know, Joe Gibbs, yeah, who was actually <laughs> doing know. all this crazy motion and stuff and, or, you know, the West coast offense. And then you would have like your Dick who's just still running the ball 85 times a game, like the Wisconsin Badgers. You know, you would have this variance throughout the league, and I I felt like it made for the peak of my viewing experience in the, in the National Football League. Oh, yeah. So, it's what makes college better than the NFL. But um, this has this has it too, and you know, we're, we're worried about college football, but the USFL is is a, a light of hope here. True, true, and what a great win, man! The Maulers beat the Stars, and then. Ford Field, Bobby Abair, looking like, look, I love Bobby Abair, former Michigan Panther. Damn, he looked like he was <laughs> ninety-five fucking years old. But uh, shout out to Bobby Abair, I'm a fan and uh, original OG Michigan Panther. Him and Anthony Carter. So they then hosted the New Jersey Generals, and man, Darius Victor and DeAndre Johnson were on. They were. Yes, on. they were. Dude, did you see that long run by DeAndre Johnson? Yeah, dude, he is lightning fast. Dude, he it looks like like it looks like you're watching like Sterling Sharp run, a, you know, or I don't even know. You yeah. might have been too slow. It looks like you're seeing like Andre Johnson like just yeah. run a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh I mean, and Darius Victor, man. <sighs> he's he's criminally I say this as a guy that like, he got a lot of coverage, but he's the most underrated player in the league. Dude, he's so he's a cartoon character with that body. I feel like yeah. he's bulked up even more. <laughs> like a moving fire hide. We haven't seen a body type like that since like Jerome Bettis, I don't think. Or yeah. young Jerome Bettis. So the Generals win 28-13. This was my money line play of the week. So this hit, thankfully, because my lock was complete ass. But uh, I mean, the Generals got out to a 20 to 3 lead. Um, and then just did enough defensively. They had 377 yards of offense, almost nine yards a play, more than double what the Michigan Panthers were able, were able to do. And as we just alluded to, um, I, they it, interesting. They didn't go with Dakota Prokop in this game. They just said DeAndre Johnson. Here's the keys to the Cadillac. Ten of 15, 60, uh, 67 percent, pretty much uh, 180 yards, 
12 yards of completion, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, and then 98 yards on the ground. And then Darius Victor, 68 yards on the ground, but also Victor had a 51 yard touchdown catch. Fucking, they got guys, man. And Victor looking like a two time MVP here. He's a stud, man. He's an absolute stud. What is he averaging every week? I feel like last week he was averaging like 10 yards of rush. Get the guy. Yes. He's actually not getting the ball enough still, Pat. Like, I'm sorry. When we, when we caught, when we talked this last week and he was getting 10 yards of rush, he still only got nine carries and 10 touches to me. I know Mike Riley is a very good offensive coach. In, in fact, we should even highlight that one play where he actually, well, right now you're right. Three games, 32 rushes for 228 yards. That is 10.7 yards per. He needs rush. more touches, man. If I'm head coach and I'm sitting there being like, wait a second. This guy's doing this. Why are we not giving him? He's like, I, that would be part of my game plan. He's got to have at least, at least 15 carries. You yeah. know, although least. I will say this Wes Hills. I'm looking at this too. Three games played 52 rushes. So almost twice as many, uh, 17 yards per rush, <laughs> 17.3 dude. Someone studied that playbook. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, they run the ball in the USFL. Oh, much more than the uh, extreme football league. And that's why I'm kind of more on board with it. But um, buddy, and, and uh, as much as I want to kind of give Mike Riley a hard time, I thought it was, man, did you see that, that play where, yeah, I, was, I know, I know you saw this when uh, they had kept creeping up on their wideouts and Mike Riley's yeah. mic'd up and he's like, Hey, you know, next time you, you come up, sell it and you, and you break deep. And it was like the very next play, they got the ball I mean, or the next possession. At least they did that exact play for an 80 yard touchdown or something. Uh, Alonzo Moore touchdown. Right. You got a little aggressive in the jam coverage. Uh, Michigan did and New Jersey made him pay. So nice, nice bit of coaching there by Riley. Well, well look, normally I don't really care for like the mic'd up coaches. I really don't. I actually think it's like overkill to me. Yeah. But it is cool to see when like a, like that instance when you saw like he highlighted it and then the very yeah. next possession they took advantage of it and that's only you're like right. okay this is something that could be beneficial most of the time we don't get this shit we get Todd Haley complaining which he did again by the way after the game I don't know if you saw that he was getting into it with uh, Curtis Johnson about a, a helmet to helmet or some shit but um, he's the worst get him out of here he's obnoxious. Um, he's obnoxious. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, man, I like, it was, it was cool to see like the coaching adjustment and then it worked the next, the next yeah, I mean, talk about, uh, the perfect example of what you want from your, uh, coach or from the mic'd up, you know, yeah. here's, a, here's the yeah. coaching adjustment that you can hear. Oh, it works to perfection. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, it, uh, I think Deandre Johnson, or was it more that's running down the sideline pointing to the coach as he's running down. Yeah. The fucking it's like, field. you're a genius. Yeah. He's like, this is all you, man. <laughs> So, uh, but dude, let me ask you this. Cause remember the generals got a little robbed week one with the Deandre Johnson touchdown that I thought was a touchdown. I feel like most everybody that I've talked to thought that was a touchdown. Mm -hmm. Are they the best team in the league? I know. I, Cause you take that touchdown there. That game plays out completely differently down the stretch. I think it's tough to say. I think, I think the Maulers are a great example of how matchups and styles make it tough to, you know, it, you can say that, yes, that game was close, but I do think that Italians were the better team on the field. Even, even if you give them that they're still down seven, you know, then they have to, instead of kicking a field goal, which they missed, make a, uh, make a touchdown. They, they lost by two scores in that game. So 
I think yeah. that you, I can say the Stallions are better on the field against New Jersey, but that doesn't mean New Jersey's not better against other teams. True. Fair. Fair. And speaking of that, let's get to our USFL power rankings because I'm sick of dancing around this shit. Who's your number one team in the United States Football League, Patty C? Well, I don't think uh, there's much suspense here. Um, New Orleans Braves. The only undefeated team left. You're not. I, I thought you might try to sell me on the fact that uh, you know what? Here, how about this? No. Wow. You know who's number one, and they're going to prove it this Sunday. The New Jersey Generals. Well, let me tell you what. This is a far cry from your database rankings in college football, where it is a pure meritocracy. You well, are doing quite a bit of projecting, quite a bit of eye testing here. Well, in college football, you have 133 teams, so there, it's impossible to see it on the field. When you have eight, we're going to see it on the field. Yeah, I do think that the uh, head-to-head results in college football must be you know, taken much more seriously, whereas uh, when there are eight teams, you can you can adjust a little more. No, you know? you're going to know the real champion. <laughs> like... When you have eight teams and you play a 10 week schedule and then you By have the end of it. Yes. Yeah, you yes, know, the, absolutely. Like, there's no denying that the Birmingham Stallions are the best team in the league last year. If, if so, I would argue that all day with somebody. Right. right and this right. year I think we're going to probably find out the best team in the league. And uh, so, so what makes you think that the generals, despite having lost to Birmingham, who new Orleans just beat are better than new Orleans. I think you had this. Uh, well, first off, you saw the generals last year, lose the first game and then win nine straight. I think that could happen in this scenario here because you, they were breaking in a brand new defensive coordinator, Ted Cottrell taking over for Chris Dishman. They do not run a lot of the same shit. So there was that. They also had the situation where I thought the game management didn't break down the way that there was a Deandre Johnson had a really bad game passing. And I just felt like we watched Deandre Johnson all last year. He never looked that bad as he did week one. Um, Trey Williams didn't even play in the fucking game, which, and he hasn't played yet this season. Oh, I saw him get like one or two plays, I think. No, but not in uh, Birmingham, not in the Birmingham. Not in Birmingham. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I just think the team is back to where they were a year ago. Yes. They don't have Cavante Turpin. Um, but I still think they're very explosive. And I just feel like, I feel like honestly, and I, I thought they were like the second best team in the league last year. I know Philadelphia beat them and got to the, the championship game, but I feel like week yeah, in, week I, out. They, I, I think they were better than Philly last year. Well, now you add in all those injuries to Birmingham that have had that have happened, even though they have the same record of Birmingham and Birmingham has beat them head to head. Strong point. I would Strong rather point. if I was a, if I was the coach of the Memphis showboats and you're telling me who I'd rather play next week, I would say, give me Birmingham. Even though we just lost by forty, give me Birmingham because you know New Jersey is is ro- rolling right now. Is healthy um, and yeah. you know similarly talented. You know, now, am I fascinated by this matchup on Sunday? Yes, and that, you know this is at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium, Canton, Ohio, baby. Jer- New Jersey Generals are going to beat them. This is a this is a letdown spot for the Breakers. I'm getting ahead of ourselves because I know we got the pick show to do uh, on Thursday, but. Game I'm of the put, week. I'm putting Sunday the generals at number one. Putting the generals at one. And I'm putting the breakers at two. Let's go. Let's you will go. you will have your answer. You will have your definitive answer on Sunday. And then at number three. Oh, so who's your second team? Uh I had Birmingham still at number two. 
So I have them ahead of the generals because they beat the generals. I, you see, Colby, I practice the. That whole team's know, gone. They're out no, for the year. The, the element of logic it, it factors into my rankings here. Mm. So because they beat them head to head, I'm going to give it to Birmingham. So let me ask generals. you this then. So like when the Miami Dolphins beat the 85 Bears, does that mean the Miami Dolphins are the best team in the league? Well, the fact that the Bears had the better record. Uh, I think is a, is a data point that might suggest bears were better, but since these two teams have identical records and Birmingham beat them head to head, I'm going to give it to the Stallions. All right. Well, it's been a bad week. New Orleans came out slinging. Bethel Thompson was great. West Hills. They didn't have the answer for maybe they got cocky. Like you said, I bet they bounce back in spectacular fashion. This is the uh, defending bet, champs. We're talking. I actually think they are going to bounce back, but let's uh, let's get this. So my number three team, is the is your stallions? Who's your number three team? Generals, I take it. Generals, yeah. All right, number four team. I think this I like one's this pretty straightforward. Michigan Panthers, correct? Yeah, yeah. I think they're they're clear cut, the fourth best team in the league right now. And then and the next three is where it gets interesting. I got to go Philly at five. I still think Philly's a team that can make the playoffs, and it wouldn't even shock me if they ended up in the. They got to get better in the Freedom Cup, but I'm saying they got to get better on the offensive line, especially like Pittsburgh can fuck with them. And this yeah. year, this year the North isn't as shitty with Michigan being better. And I actually think Pittsburgh, even though they still can't, they still have a very bad offense. They're better than what they were a year ago, so I think it's harder for them. Last year they kind of cruised into the playoffs because the, the 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 really Michigan and Pittsburgh were that bad. This year it's going to be a little harder, so it's a big week for Philadelphia. I'm Who did the Stars the- beat? Memphis, barely. See, that makes me think maybe we have our rankings wrong because the Maulers did beat the Stars, and the Stars' only win is a close win over the only True, 0-3 team. But I, I don't think they ever trailed that game. I think they dominated. I know the final score says three points or something, but I believe that they were up from start to finish in that game. It is a big week, though, for me to learn about the Philadelphia Stars. Um, but it, we're assuming they're somewhat the team they were last year. They have most the same roster, so yeah. I don't understand it. They're my number five team. Are they your number five team? Yeah, I mean, if they were mostly the same roster and they were like a minute away from being the champions last year, you would have yeah. tough to drop them down to like number seven. But well, yeah, then, they're number five. So then at number six, this is where it gets interesting. I got the Houston Gamblers. Me too. Okay. Okay. They have more offense than Pittsburgh. And I, I feel like, I feel like their win was less fluky than Pittsburgh's. Yeah. I mean, there's something, I think you're right about the matchup between Pittsburgh and Philly, where it's like, if you get too cute and you have like that offense might work around a softer defense and, and most defenses, but when you have a defense that absolutely flies around like Pittsburgh's does, and, and, and confuses you in the passing game and is able to generate pass rush without like, you know, committing too many blitz or like committing to the blitz too much. Yeah. Then. Yeah. I mean, that, that was always the only time the Steelers were ever be able to beat yeah. the Patriots was when they stopped blitzing because Brady would pick them apart when they blitz, but when they were able to generate a pass rush with three or four down linemen, I mean, that's how the giants would always beat the Patriots. It's like, you got that, that uh, NASCAR pass rush and it's like Tom Brady, his whole bread and butter is picking you apart. And he can't do it when you have eight guys in coverage or uh, seven guys back in coverage. So I think that's kind of what happened. They, they, they dropped a bunch confused on the, on the back end, And then 
were still able to generate pressure and that offense crumbled. And, and so that means you have them at seven though. Yeah, I got him at seven. Well, uh, wait, uh, I got um, Pittsburgh at the seven. Mullers, yeah, yeah, yeah just because their offense is so terrible. <laughs> it, <laughs> What's the quarterback's name? Uh, well, uh, Troy Williams from Utah, but they also use uh, who's the other guy uh, that they were using a couple weeks ago? I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. Well, from, let me tell you what. Bowling saw... Green and Florida International. James Morgan. James Morgan. Also not, <laughs> not necessarily good. a big yeah. name. Well, this this should tell you everything you know. Uh, need to know. I saw several times where they had two white running backs in the backfield. So <laughs> Pittsburgh, we got to get this thing figured out on the yeah. offensive side of the ball. Ray Horton was like, damn it. I used to go up against John Riggins and that motherfucker was good. All right. <laughs> Garrett Groshek, you're Riggins 2.0. And he's like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Uh, all not right. Close. Look, those are our power rankings, folks. Subscribe to the USFL gambling podcast. We're on Twitter at USFL gambling. And subscribe on Spotify, uh, iTunes, wherever wherever you hear podcasts. Give us a five star review. Go hop on over there. Give Patty C a follow on Twitter at Patty C831. Give myself a follow at the Colby D. Also, uh, check out the college football experience, which we also host, as well as the XFL Gambling Podcast, as their championship game is next week. You know, but we're Team USFL over here, right? But we love all football. So check out that. Sure. And uh, check out the Sports Gambling Podcast. And, well, until, uh, what, Thursday when we have our preview and pick show for week four. See you then, folks, and take it easy until then. This is the USFL Gambling Podcast. You better start thinking about yours. And we out of here. On the street, then tip your hat his way. You'll know just where he's headed and which game he's gonna play. He's a sharp shooting gunman and always aiming high. To win any gunfight, his limit is the sky. We're the gun slingers, one set and tone. We're the gun slingers on the road or at home. Remember the Alamo, for such as we are known. We're the gun slingers. Set it home.